As our custom is, let's get our Bibles out and, and pick them up, wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I've tuned in on purpose Wednesday night. I'm so hungry for more. And tonight, as we get into the Word, I believe I receive revelation that will feed my spirit, develop me into a position where I can receive more and more on behalf of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, please. And we're going to begin reading with verse 18. And uh, <clears throat> I believe the writer of Hebrews is Paul. I'm, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. So anyway, he's speaking about... Uh, a shaking. And uh, in verse 18, for you, talking about the church of Hebrews, you are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which a voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come. See, the church has come. We're not, we're not like Israel. We didn't come to Mount Sinai. You are come unto Mount Zion. The shaking he's talking about at first is Mount uh, Sinai in the desert. But we have come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and unto an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refused him that spoke on earth, that is back then, you know, in Israel's time, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that may be shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved or cannot be shaken, uh, let us have grace or let us hold fast, my margin says, let's hold fast, whereby we may serve God acceptably with uh, reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And so I just wanted to share an encouraging word, and it, and it may not sound encouraging yet, but it will be, <laughs> uh, called the end time shaking. Have you noticed a lot of shaking going on? <laughs> you know, so uh, there's a lot of shaking, but it's not designed for you and I in the church. Uh, it's designed for the world. It's designed, the entire world is being shaken. And it talks about this yet once more. I'll shake not, shake not only the earth, but heaven also. Back in Israel's day, 
they had a shaking. Well, they had a shaking in, in Egypt, and they left Egypt. I mean, the whole power structure of Egypt was shaken. Pharaoh died, and his army, or a bunch of it, uh, slaves left rich. There was a transfer of wealth. They got out in the wilderness. God called them to Mount Sinai to give them the law. They were so afraid, even, even, even Moses was afraid, you know, and uh, there was a shaking there. And, and so here he's refer referring to this in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Paul is writing about it to the church about a future shaking. Yet once more I shake not only the earth but heaven also, or the heavenlies. And uh, we, I just want to declare to you that uh, that shaking has been going on for some time. We're in that shaking. And I want to remind you of it so that we don't get disturbed and get our mind in the wrong place. We start looking at the shaking. We start looking at, the, at, at, at that, uh, maybe thinking that we're being shaken. No, we cannot be shaken. Uh, that's the whole import of this message. No, we can't be shaken. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. It will remain as long as we obey God and, and take heed to what he says. We won't be shaken. No, the shaking is for the purposes of the harvest. There's going to come an end time harvest, and it's going to come as a result of the end time shaking. So that's the whole premise of this encouragement. Um, you know, our purpose is very similar to, Egypt, to uh, Israel's purpose. When you look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, we won't go back there, but you can look at it later. Uh, Moses is telling them, you know, God, what, what nation is there under heaven that God delivered by signs and wonders and terrors? And what, what nation is it that God spoke to in an audible voice, you know, and, and was able to live? And, and see, this was all, he spoke all this after Sinai and before they got into the promised land. And he said, I, you know, I want you to go in that promised land and I want you to be a witness to the nation. See, that was their job. God wanted to touch the nations through his people Israel. And, uh, you know, I, so we have the same purpose. We didn't replace them. It's just a continuation. God wants to bless the church so much in the middle of this shaking that people will stop and say, well, look at those people. They're not going through what we're going through. Now, right now, it looks like the opposite. It looks like the church is being shaken. Well, the church is being persecuted. That's true. But we're not being shaken. <laughs> shaken means that we're moved off of our foundation. No, no, we're not being moved off of our foundation, not one little bit. So uh, he said, what other nation was ever delivered through signs and wonders by war and a mighty hand and by great terrors? And, uh, and this, again, before the promised land had happened. So that shaking started in Egypt. It continued to Sinai, and then it continued after Moses died, and they went across the river. And, uh, you know, it shook in, in Jericho, and Jericho's walls fell down with a mighty shaking. And uh, there was a mighty transfer of wealth all the way through uh, that point of time. So, um, you know, the church has a better covenant, found upon better promises, Hebrews 8, 6 says. So... We're to carry this anointed word with a demonstration to all the world. That, I mean, all the world should have a witness, you know. Uh, I was reading Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness, as a witness, as a witness to the nations, the people group. 
And one of the things the church hasn't done is carried the, this word, this gospel to the, to the people groups that are involved in, in ruling, the ruling class, the political class in this country. They've, they've uh, been able to separate themselves from the church and its influence because the church hasn't insisted on being a voice. You know, we haven't you know, insisted on, on giving them the perspective of God's word on some of the things that they're involved with. That's beginning to change. I submit to you there can be no revival unless we do the whole thing. We can't, we can't refuse God that speaks. And I know he spoke to me all these years ago to wake up the church to this, to this fact. And it's happening right as we speak. So this yet once more, see, we're in the middle of this shaking. I remember <clears throat> uh, right after Pastor Osteen went to heaven, I went to Winter Bible Seminar right the next month in February of 99. And uh, I was allowed, you know, God allowed me to get have hands laid on me by Brother Hagen, And then later on uh, that same night after he laid hands on me, because I thought he was about ready to go to heaven, I estimated that he was close to leaving the earth. And I was right because later that night, the Lord uh, visited him while he's on the platform and gave him another three years which turned into four years. And so he actually went in 2003, went to heaven. But um, later, uh, 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 I got to following Billy Brim a little closer and went to some meetings that she was holding. And I remember her teaching very early in 2000, the year 2000, that 9-11-99, not, not 2001, not not. Not our traditional 9-11 day, but 9-11, September 11th, 1999. Just a few months after Pastor Osteen passed. This is uh, after God told me to wake up the church in March the 1st of 1999. Told me to wake up the church. And so here we are just a few months later. She said, you know, she has a lot of contacts in Israel and some of the Jewish sages have been studying the scrolls and you know Hebrew is a numerical language and I don't remember all the details but they came up with this date in the Gregorian calendar 9-11-1999 and they called it the day when everything changed and see in my opinion I believe that's when the judgment of the nations I believe that's when the shaking began right there Right there, just a couple of years ahead of 9-11, 2001, our, our night where the Twin Towers fell. See, all of these things are evidence of the judgment of the nations. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 10, God recognizes three groups of people on the earth. The Jews, they have a covenant. Uh, the nations, they have no covenant. That's the people groups. That's the ethnos. That's the goyim in the Hebrew. They have no covenant. And then the church, which has a better covenant than the Jews. So two out of three have a covenant. The one does not have a covenant. So they're at risk. They, they need a witness. They, the, the gospel is to be preached to all of the goyim, to all of the people groups as a witness. We're to be a witness. We're not responsible for their receiving the gospel. We're responsible for us giving it to them, to speak it, to preach it, to declare it. And so, 9-11-99, see, I, I, you know, it's real, real strange that word, that 9-11, see, 9-11 was in that, was in that. And so, you know, here we go two years to the day later, we have 9-11-2001, 20, 
twin towers fall. America's under attack. And that spun out a bunch of other related judgments across the world. And, uh, and so, you know, we, our church began to get involved in praying. God began to tell me, you know, that we've got to get, pay attention to what's happening in Israel. We've got to be, ha, ha, pay attention to what's happening in the political realm. We started doing that, making steps. And, uh, and so we have a history of being connected mainly because God visited me. God told me to wake up the church. And so uh, this week uh, we had another milestone and, and I got, got my attention that we had last night, as a matter of fact, we had uh, a super moon. Now a super moon is a, is a full moon when it is the closest orbit to the earth so it appears bigger in the sky. And so that happened last night, and that was August the 1st. Uh, and <clears throat> oddly enough, we're going to have another one of those, another supermoon this month on August the 31st. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Bible says that God in Joel 2.20 and Acts 2.19, God will, will give wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. So it's not like a supernatural occurrence. I mean, that's a meteorological, a, a celestial occurrence. In fact, it, that occurrence happens about every three years, so it's not that uh, odd. But what is significant is the date and what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday was the 45th president of the United States was, was charged with crimes, one of which has the death penalty. And, you know, I mean, I've read up on this whole thing. It's all, it's easy for us to say it's made up. It is made up. It's really no, there's no crime been committed. There hadn't been any crimes yet. All the things that he's been indicted for up to now, in my opinion, are just made up. They're weaponized. We have a weaponized Department of Justice. It's weaponized against their political opponents. If the things were reversed, <laughs> we would be seeing, no telling what we'd be seeing. <laughs> If you had a Republican president trying to do this to a Democrat. Uh, so that's just where we are as a country. Why are we there? Well, I just believe it's part of the judgment of America, the nation. America is a nation. See, it's separate from the church. The church is in America. The church makes up America in the civil side. But the church needs to do something. The church needs to rise up and speak. We don't have the right to remain silent. <laughs> I love that about Brother Mark. He said that this this weekend. So we've been taking our liberty speaking quite a bit about things. Um, and so that, that it was like that, that super moon was up there to let us know, you know what? I see what's going on. See, the moon is set in the, in the night sky for a light at night. The sun is the, for the light in the day. There's two great lights that God created there in Genesis. And so the moon is watching over the earth. It's a full moon. It's a super moon on the day that these people have been so lawless that they've charged the 45th president unlawfully with this crime. And they've got it before a judge that we know is not going to be a just judge. We know it. She's an Obama appointee. And so, you know, you get all steamed up about that. You can get all worked up about that. You can start Facebooking everybody. Did you know that? Did you? Listen, 
I looked at the moon last night, and I got comfort because God is marking this down. God knows what's going on right now. Everything is going along just like it has to go on. The judgment of the nations has to occur. The only thing we have to do is restrain the Antichrist from accelerating his time schedule. And we are doing that. We're doing that with God's help and God's power. But another interesting thing is we've got another one of these supermoons at the end of this month. It makes me want to know what is going to be happening on the 31st. I, uh, I'm kind of eager to see what is going to be happening on the 31st of August. A similar thing happened to Gladys and I. We decided to go out of town and have a little rest on Labor Day of 2012. Uh, Labor Day of 2012 was the second. It was a blue moon. And uh, it wasn't Labor Day. It was the end of August, August 31st, but it was Labor Day weekend. And <clears throat> Gladys and I went to Galveston. We were staying in, the, in, in a hotel there on the, on the beach there, San, San Louis. And uh, it was the evening. I think it was a Saturday night. And we'd looked at the moon, you know, coming up. Beautiful moon. And then I heard all this racket. I heard sirens. And I heard a helicopter. I opened the curtains, looked out. And in the parking lot of the hotel, they have a helipad, I think, out there big enough for a helicopter. And 9-11 helicopter, life flight helicopter landed there. And they offloaded someone out of an ambulance into life flight and flew away. Of course, we prayed for that person. And I looked at the clock, and it was 9-11 p.m. <laughs> And the Holy Ghost came all over me. And, and of course, we had, we had had some of these kind of visitations before all along to pray against terrorism, to pray. And then God just reminded me, he says, you're not through with terrorism. We hadn't had a terror attack in a while. But see, there's all kinds of emergencies that are happening. And we just have to be people of prayer. We have to keep watching and praying. We have to, we have to stay awake. We have a watch to, to execute. So I just want to encourage you. You know, nothing is happening that's out of control. It looks like it's out of control. It's the shaking of the nations. And uh, God is watching. God is marking. He's marking all of the lawlessness. He's marking the evil that's happening. <laughs> they will not escape. They will not escape. There's going to there's gonna be payback. So um, I guess my intention tonight is to just give you three things just that we get out of Hebrews chapter 12 that we can do that we can respond what's our response to the shaking and uh, and we just go back to Hebrews 12 1 and it just says number one I'd say lay aside all the weights and the sin let's lay aside weights and sin what's the difference between a weight and a sin a weight is something's not a sin weight is something that's really not God's best for your life I mean, it might be your involvement in a certain thing. It takes up your time. God may have used it. I've had many of those over the years. I mean, I remember at the time when God spoke to me, he says, okay, I'm through with you and full gospel businessmen. Do not accept any more invitations. Well, I enjoyed going to those and giving my testimony or singing or ministering or doing whatever they asked me to do. But after I uh, went to a regional convention of full gospel here in town and gave my testimony. It was about, I don't know, 150, 200 people there. It was a pretty good sized meeting. He spoke to me on the way home. He says, okay, that's your last one. No more. 
See, he had some other things for me. That would have been a weight, see. A weight is going to slow you down from God's purpose. And, of course, we know sin. We've got to, we need to judge ourselves. We need to keep close account with God. Over in verse 7, it says, My son, my daughter, uh, if you endure ch- chastening, God deals with you as with sons. See? So endure chastening. What is chastening? It just read your Bible. And when you see things in the Bible that you're not doing, well, it's time to ask God to forgive you and start adjusting your behavior accordingly. See, you don't have to have God rebuke you verbally. We're, we're grown up enough to read our Bible and tell when we need to change. And so chastening, chastening is child training. It's not beating. It's not, it's not cancer. It's not a car wreck. Chastening is just God is leading you into a higher place. And that's where we all need to be. In verse 25, he says, see that you refuse not him that speaks. You know, when God speaks to you, be quick to obey. Don't give him excuses. Don't find ways to, around it. Just obey God. Why, you know, Jesus said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say. And, uh, and always remember that God is a consuming fire. My version of that is God is Jehovah Jealous. <laughs> you know, we know Jehovah Jireh. We know Jehovah Rapha. We're Jehovah Jealous right now is, I mean, he is jealous over his people and he wants to be your supreme God. He wants you, he wants you to look to him as your, as your heavenly father. And he doesn't want to be way down the list. Amen. He needs to be supreme. He needs to be the top. All right. And so then the second one is found there in verse two, run your race, the race that's set before you with faith and patience. With patience, see, we have to be patient. When things are spinning like they are right now, it just makes us want to get into an overdrive mode. It makes us, you know, I've always had to battle this because I didn't get saved till I was 33. Uh, you might have heard me on AM 1070. We did a radio spot. It's got a condensed portion of my testimony on there. For, and uh, I just always felt like I was behind. I didn't. I was 33 when I got saved, and I just felt like, man, I've got to hurry up. I'm way behind. Everybody that, all these people, they've been saved most of their lives. They serve God as children and teenagers, and here I am, you know. <laughs> and I have to fight that because God wants us to run with patience. Our race, not somebody else's race, not try to copy what somebody else is doing. God's got your individual race, and don't take shortcuts. You know, uh, so we're witnesses with evidence. And verse 28, serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You know, Jesus told the woman at the well, God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, he said, you worship what you don't understand. Your worship is vain. See, some people's worship, even in the church, is vain. They do it to be seen. They do it because it feels good. They're not really worshiping God in spirit and in truth. You know, when you really worship God, you worship him for who he is. Sometimes we just dance around about what he's done. Okay, what he's done is good. That's praise. But we need to get into worship because God is seeking those. And that's when you serve God acceptably because when you get into worship, there's a communication that comes back to you many times, not only one of affirmation, not only one of love, but sometimes in worship, you can begin to see things that you should be involved with. So then that's when you get some marching orders many times, serving God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then finally, 
the last one I've already talked a little bit about, but let's get ourselves in line to receive uh, the kingdom wealth transfer that's coming. There's a shaking happening right now, and we're going to be the beneficiaries of it. And we're not really the beneficiaries permanently. That, that money is going to flow into our hands and out to the harvest. It's going to fund the reaping of the greatest harvest this world has ever seen. I really believe God is the greatest farmer. I'm not going by anything I'm seeing right now. I'm not going by any kind of previous prophecy. I just, I, I'm just speaking about it from the standpoint that I know God is the wisest master gardener that ever lived. He knows how to get a crop. He knows how to bring in a crop. And he has planned for this. He called it the precious fruit of the earth there in James chapter 5. God has long patience for the precious fruit of the earth. That's how he sees this end time harvest. But in order to get that end time harvest, we have to have the end time shaking, which we're into right now. It's going to get worse before, before it's all over. But we will be unshakable. Lift your hands and receive tonight. Praise God. I hope you're encouraged and not discouraged. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad he chose us to live right now. And there's a grace. You know, when we come to Mount Zion, Mount Zion is grace. It's God's ability to do anything. And so we can receive his grace to live in these times. We don't have to be vexed. We don't have to be upset. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching to myself now. <laughs>